Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 164th episode of the Lunch Pell Guys podcast. I'm your host, Aiden, today with all of the usual crew. We got Lucas, we got Wyatt, Jared, and Bart. Everybody's here. Uh, and before we go into the episode, we're going to start, per usual, with some news we missed. We're pretty light on news we missed this week, mostly because we're going to cover everything you needed to know <laughs> in the past week. Um, but something that we, exactly, something that we won't be talking about in you know in super detail is the fact that cowboys kicker brett maher missed four extra points in the cowboys playoff game on monday night he also i think had missed his like last extra point during the regular season so it's five in a row that he missed until i think he finally broke the streak at the end of the game yeah when i saw like so i didn't get to watch the first like quarter or so so i checked the score and it was six nothing i'm like okay he missed extra point and then i saw the score was 12 nothing and i'm like oh they must have gone for two and missed it but then i looked and he had not and then i by the time i turned it on they just scored their third touchdown i'm like well surely he won't miss this one and then he did yeah. i don't know i feel bad for him when i <laughs> saw 18-0 i thought they must have kicked two field goals in the meantime <laughs> yeah <laughs> didn't he also miss two field goals in the game did he? I thought no, he missed two I don't... goals. Um, maybe not. It's easy enough to mm-hmm. check. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, they but... should try to go for two after that second one, just to Honestly, kind of to mitigate it, and then it was it was time to regain yeah. confidence in the guy. Have him go out there for like a fifty-seven yarder and be like, "Let's go." You <laughs> yeah. Know? If you can make that, you can make an extra point. <laughs> uh, he was one for five on extra points and no field goal attempts. Oh, gotcha. Okay, right. I'm just spreading lies out here misinformation (laughs) (laughs) but and bart i think you had said in the pre-show that that's the most extra points missed in a row by an nfl kicker is that true uh i didn't look up in a row i just i googled queried stat muse for most extra points missed in one game and yeah four it looks like the most according to that tough night but at least the cowboys didn't need it so that is that's the one saving grace uh for brett here um but anyway moving into our usual stuff or moving into the the actual topics we're going to talk about we're going to start with some 49ers discussion uh specifically around christian mccaffrey the 49ers have won 11 in a row after a pretty slow start to the season uh i think they had gotten christian mccaffrey one game before that streak started but he didn't really play much in that loss to the chiefs so it's there's a a serious correlation between christian mccaffrey being on the 49ers and them winning a lot bart i know you had things to say about it at the time i did as well um, but how much do you think this turnaround of the 49er season is due to the christian mccaffrey trade yeah so let me start by saying go ahead and laugh it up i was wrong <laughs> that take aged terribly i'll admit that christian mccaffrey has been excellent like you said aiden um i, I i'm sure there are more stats i could pull but i, I just found some of the easy ones um, since the trade, he's been third highest in scrimmage yards per, per game, 115. Mm-hmm. And if you count as one passing touchdown, he played in 11 games 
and scored 11 touchdowns. So one touchdown per game seems like pretty great return on your on your trade. And uh, like you said, Aiden, I, I don't even think you can count the Chiefs game, which they lost right after they traded him, as a Christian McCaffrey game because, like you said, he, he barely played and he'd been there for like two days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing I saw was that after they traded him, they went from 20 points per game offensively to 31. So basically, yeah, he, he's been huge. He, he is basically, I think, the exact kind of like versatile running back slash player that Kyle Shanahan wants in his offense, mm-hmm. right? Because they, they use him in a variety of ways. Um, he lines up at receiver a lot too, which I, I think I saw that the, like the Panthers didn't even do that much, which, you know, their loss. Um, and I give him a lot of credit too for how quickly he integrated, right? Because like it was like the first week with the Chiefs game, he was you know kind of in and out, but then like immediately after that, he was killing it for them. So, yes, uh, I, I was wrong about the fact that they shouldn't trade for him. I think. With that being said, I do think there's more context to this, and I want to defend myself a little bit. <laughs> I know some people might disagree. I there were a few things I said that episode that I want to circle back to. Um, and like most of the things that I was worried about in October, basically have been fixed, which is like, okay, some of it might be him. Some of it might not be. So like one thing I talked about was offensive penalties. They basically completely turned that around. They ended up middle of the road in those. So they more or less eliminated them. Uh, their offense got healthier. George Kittle was hurt for a bit. He came back. Elijah Mitchell was hurt for a bit. He came back. Um, Trent Williams was probably the biggest one cause he missed around a month. He ended up being PFF's highest graded tackle. And so I remember one thing I said was maybe they should have traded for an offensive lineman instead because their offensive line needed to work. That ended up improving, and they actually had one of the best lines this season. And so my cherry-picked example for this specifically is if anybody saw the 68-yard run in the game against the Seahawks, Mm-hmm. The hole for that run was enormous. He didn't even get touched. I could have scored a touchdown on that play. So it's stuff like that that's like, you know, good running back, sure, but also the team is talented around him. Um, and then I also wanted to point out that the defense got better. They were averaging 19 points per game allowed before the trade. They went to 14 after. So they jumped from ninth best to best. So again, Christian McCaffrey or not, how many games are you going to lose if you're only giving up two touchdowns? So. Yeah, and then, of course, there was the Jimmy G thing, and now it's Brock Purdy, so that's kind of a moot point. Um, basically, I want to I take away this. PFF had them graded as the number one most well-rounded team going into the playoffs. So, you know, Christian McCaffrey has, of course, been excellent, but I just want everybody to admit that there is more to the puzzle than just him being electric because the whole team right now is just really good, I guess. So He's the spark plug. He deserves a lot of credit. He's the spark plug. It's, the a, cult, yeah, it's a culture guy. For sure. I think it might actually be a psychological <laughs> thing too, where the offensive players kind of started playing differently. Because like, yeah, I don't know. Or if you yeah, want to hold, if you want to hold the first game uh, against the Chiefs against Christian McCaffrey, you can because Baker Mayfield only had two days and he won his first game, and he's a quarterback. That's true. So there's like a, there's like a little point for you right there on that one. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think in some senses that, like, McCaffrey was the missing piece, for lack of a better word here. Like, he's – they didn't have that really, like you alluded to, Bart, like that this sort of, like, do-it-all versatile running back that Shanahan, I think, needs to make his offense, like, really taken away that it wasn't before. And I think especially having him and Debo on the same team is, like, really beneficial in that, like, both guys are both run and pass-catching threats. And so, like, that interchangeability – that like sort of like diversity and play calling that you can have when you have two guys that obviously coming at it from different angles but have that say shared similar strength that makes it like so much harder to scheme for the 49ers when you have to be accounting for like so much more of what they can do mm-hmm. yeah i watched just like a little tiny film analysis uh on chris mccaffrey as well and bart you made a good point about how 
their offensive line got healthier. And Christian McCaffrey does a really good job in the film analysis I watched. It was against the Raiders. He does a really good jo- job of manipulating the second level and cutting back. Um, so it's just another way of like, yes, everything kind of came together at the right time and you have like the perfect player that can take a take advantage of the opportunities that they're gonna get in that offense. And then you don't need Brock Purdy, you know, to go off. Because <laughs> he just has so many playmakers around him. And he's like from a clean thrown from a clean pocket. And even even outside the pocket actually he's he's been pretty good too. Um he ha- he should have had another touchdown against the Seahawks that got dropped by uh I was it Iuke Wyatt? It was your guy Ayuk, right? That used to bet on. You mean the one where he like scrambled left and then ran all the way to the other side? Yeah, and then like corner yeah, the end zone, yeah. and then he literally just yeah. like, right there just dropped it. That was a, that was a great play by Purdy. I do think we're getting a bit away from ourselves though with the Brock Purdy talking as a brief diversion. I think it was Ian Rappaport. Um, is that his name? The, the NFL reporter compared him to Tom Brady. He's like, I. This reminds me of 2001 when like another young unproven quarterback, like. <laughs> had his teammates rallying around him and i'm like come on (laughs) played five games on the most talented roster in the nfl there's no way you can make that comparison yeah uh well here's the thing if brock purdy if if trey lance was doing what brock purdy is doing we would say that trey lance has arrived and that the 49ers made the right choice and that we all believed in him all along and teams would be writing articles about how you know, secretly, we wanted to trade for Trey Lance all along, you know, the, as they do with quarterbacks who finally emerge. We would be given a lot of credit, but because it's Brock Purdy, it's like this is too good to be true. And I feel like I'm pretty guilty of this because I'm kind of waiting for one of the bad games to show up for Purdy. He's a rookie. He's a seventh runner. He can't be that good. It's the system. It's the system. It's the system. And uh, he just continues to play well. And at least, the very least, I know that on tape, he did not exactly have a great game against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, but he has proven to be uh, an advanced playmaker. He has a pretty decent arm. Um, he doesn't exactly stand out physically, but he is relatively quick, and he makes the right read, and I think that that's really what like the system is, is that he is a little bit more dynamic than Jimmy Garoppolo. The system has thrived with Jimmy Garoppolo over the course of the last like two to three years, and what they were really looking for is a guy who was just a little bit more dynamic and a little bit smarter with the ball. And I think that they've kind of found that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see what the 49ers do next season. I mean, one would have to imagine that Brock Purdy comes in as starter. Um, but uh, given how much they gave up for Trey Lance, you know? I Yeah, with all that being said, I guess, about, about Brock Purdy... Trey Lance is the starter next year. I think that really? given the circumstance oh. of what happened, he can't, he broke, like, it's not like he got benched because he was poor or anything like that. He ended up breaking his ankle, right? Or something mm-hmm. along those lines, where it's kind of like you can give reason to believe that he was going to emerge as well. Um, if they don't play him, maybe they move on from him. I'm not exactly sure, but um, it, it, it doesn't really cost him anything to go out there and try Trey Lance. I know that a lot of guys are going to like Brock Purdy. But again, I also believe that there's a level where they can kind of mitigate some of the things that Trey Lance doesn't do well. Um, and ultimately, the team around them is fantastic. And it doesn't cost them mm-hmm. anything right now to keep both the guys on the roster. And it doesn't, yeah. I mean, they're going to keep all this talent around him. Um, I do think Brock Purdy is more dynamic than Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'll give him credit for that. I think Trey Lance can be as dynamic as both of them. Mm hmm. 
So I think there's a reason to believe. If he goes out in camp and he stinks, whatever. But I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that you go in going Brock Purdy is the guy. I think you keep it an open competition. There's your seventh round bias showing why it really <laughs> exactly. is disgraceful. But <laughs> against Mr. Wyatt, how far do you think Brock Purdy has to make it in the playoffs to be the starter heading into the next Super season? Bowl? But I think okay. they will make the Super Bowl. But, you think uh, they won't make it? No, I think they will. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they get past Dallas, I think they will. Um, but yeah. It's a. Uh, you think Dallas is a tougher it, it, matchup it, it all than the depends. Eagles or the Giants? Yeah, I think there's no that. way that's true, right? <laughs> well, they're not going to play the Eagles. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, gotcha. I don't think that. I don't think they'll <laughs> okay. get that. I don't think the Eagles will get that far. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think so. I think that Brock Purdy, if he makes the Super Bowl, and hell, if he plays well in the Super Bowl, because he's probably going to be playing against Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, or Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think that we're gonna really see the test of time. Right now, he's been playing against guys who are like C-listers at at best. I mean, I know Geno Smith has had an emergence so far this year, but the NFC is not exactly full of studs. Um, so I think that Brock Purdy has done really well. He is impressed for a seventh rounder. He deserves a lot of credit for everything that he's done. I think that the tests are gonna start coming uh, a lot quicker uh, between this round, the next round, and the Super Bowl. Um, Lucas, your, your, um, thing about how Brock Purdy reminds you of Tom Brady reminded me of, I, I saw this tweet and I just, I just confirmed it too. Um, that was like Stetson Bennett or Brock Purdy reminds me of a young Stetson Bennett or something like that because Stetson Bennett. <laughs> oh, I saw that than, too. He's older than Tua, um, Brock Purdy. Than like Tua, um, who like led his team to the playoffs, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, uh, and Justin Herbert. He's older than all those guys. Which just cracks me up. <laughs> That's hilarious. But honestly, I feel like like Brock Purdy is even if he's younger than say Stetson Bennett, he's seventh round, but he's like steady. And Trey Lance, you've got obviously the young upstart who needs some, you know, some work. And he hasn't he's been injured, he hasn't had time to really put that in. I'd be surprised if his leash is long next year with the 49ers given even if they lost next week like it's clear that they've been good with Purdy there and they have all the the pieces in place they've been in a win now mentality to some degree oh, yeah. um, or they should be given all the draft picks they've given up so like yes if Trey like Trey Lance should definitely be given a shot next year I feel like but I I would still bet on Purdy getting the job just because they're I don't think they're really in the position to develop a QB if Trey Lance doesn't show up to be you know reliable next year during training camp i mean really what brock party does is he gives them the ability to finally let jimmy garoppolo go yeah i think at the very like like you go and they have trey lance but now it's like what do we need you for and they just let jimmy Mm -hmm. garoppolo walk and become the franchise guy that's what jimmy g wants to it seems like of course it does yeah yeah Bart, going back to your take, um, which, again, like I, I also had the same take about the trade being bad um, initially. Do you think if they lose to the Cowboys this weekend, are you vindicated at all? Or have you already just lost it based on the future of you well, know, Christian McCaffrey with the Niners? I'm, I'm vindicated when I brought up the stat about how Super Bowl winning teams almost never have elite running backs. <laughs> so that would still hold true. Yeah. And the, the, the draft capital that they gave up for him could end up mattering. But yeah, I think generally I'm already wrong. Like even if they lose mm-hmm. next week, it's I didn't think he'd be this good. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. 
And I didn't, I didn't think they as a team would end up on an 11 game win streak. That's for sure. Yeah. He doesn't really look like a guy with a lot of mileage, which is, I feel like, what I was worried yeah, about. Yeah, he's hitting. He stayed healthy. He's looked just, yeah, he's exactly. He's hitting 24 he miles an hour speed, or whatever. Right, <laughs> <of> the, <laughs> exactly. High speed since 2019. So, no, no signs of, yeah, yeah, the future looks bright for CMC. I was going to mention, it's like, it's crazy what not being the focal point like he was in Carolina does for yeah. him. Because now, like, yeah. there was a play where he was in the backfield and Debo was lined up wide, and then they traded places. And so it's like half the time he doesn't even have to do anything, and it's just there's so much attention on other guys that he, yeah, yeah. he's getting hit less. He's, I thought he'd get injured. That was another thing. Yeah. Ah, maybe next year. There's still time for him to get yeah, injured. That makes it sound like I'm wishing for him to get hurt, which I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's worked out for the Panthers though too. So it is it does look like a good trade for all parties to some degree because the Panthers were six and six after the trade. The running backs who stepped up in his place were good. Um, Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard were both good in his stead, and now they have a bunch more picks to rebuild with. So I also think too winners all around. The it kind of vindicates the 49ers front office a little bit where you see how good this team can be when they're healthy. Uh, it's like, sure, if you want to discredit mm-hmm. the fact that, like, they haven't really played good competition or whatever, they still have been playing mm-hmm. them, like, very well. Um, and I know there was a lot of skepticism on, like, what is this front office doing, like, with this win-now move, drafting Trey Lance and everything. And now you're like, I can see why they're in win-now move. They have a freaking really good team. So um, they just never got the quarterback right. They yep. haven't got that right yep. for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Purdy, that is, but. But anyways, before we move on to our next topic, where we talk a bit about all the wild card eliminees and what they what they did right and wrong this season, we're gonna have a word from our sponsor. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl Fifty Seven, and for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just five dollars and get two hundred in free bets instantly. Plus. All new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, so yeah, now moving on to the wild card round, teams that lost, you know, what they did right this season, what they did wrong. We're going to go through each of the teams, each of the six teams that were eliminated, and assign them a grade. Uh, so one person's going to assign them a grade. The next person's going to say whether they think that's actually an accurate grade. Um, and yeah, then we'll fight it out over that. Uh, so starting out with the Seahawks, Jared, we got you starting. What grade would you give the Seahawks on the season? I'm going to give them a B plus. I think looking all the way back to the Russell Wilson trade, obviously like undoubtedly won that trade, even if Russell Wilson from here on out turns out to be like the player that a lot of us, let's say, thought we would have been. They've already fleeced the Broncos <laughs> at this point, so it doesn't really matter uh, with two years of like high first round picks. On top of that, a lot of people really loved their 2022 draft. Um, and like some people were saying, like, find me a draft that can beat this one in the last five years or whatever. So that like that's how much people have liked it. Um, 
and they have a lot to build on to um like obviously kenneth walker um was a standout this year they got some decent o-line play but i think that's one of the um places that they want to fix the interior o-line at least with their first overall pick or their uh, first round pick maybe d-line and linebacker too um were kind of the weaknesses for them i think if, if they can sign gino to like a good two-year contract that's like mutually beneficial for both sides it's not like crazy you know i think that they would be poised to be like in a really good position to hopefully shore up some of their weaknesses um and they kept dk metcalf even in the contract uh in the off season which i did not think was going to happen i thought he was going to be like russell's out i'm gone but luckily geno smith has played well so i feel like there's a lot of good you can take from it i won't say it's an a because it's not like they won like double digit games or anything but Mm -hmm. b plus is what i'll say yeah, I have that as just right, Jared. I also had a B plus, and I think I would have also been okay with an A minus of sorts, just because I feel like expectations were very low coming into the year. They were seven and ten the year before, and then they lost their franchise star, as you mentioned, and their starting QB had a sixty overall Madden rating at the start of the season, yeah. which doesn't doesn't generally <laughs> the go biggest well. indicator. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. the main <laughs> main metric we use uh, to evaluate teams, but. Anyway, you know, they, they only went 9-8. and eight. Yeah, they, they faded down the stretch a bit. Um, but it was better than expected. As you said, Jared, the emergence of Geno Smith was was big. Um, I'm really, if I hear the written off, didn't write back, like, one more time. I really, I, I can't. <laughs> it's just every broadcast. But, but you know, good for Geno. Happy for Geno. And they have young talent like Kenneth Walker and Tariq Woolen. But plus the trove of picks from the Broncos. And I feel like part of the B plus or A minus, whatever you want to give them, has to consider how satisfying it must have been for them to see the Broncos kind of fail the way that they did. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, the Seahawks have question marks around, you know, keeping Geno and, as you mentioned, their O-line, Jared, plus whether they'll, like, actually contend seriously anytime soon. Um, but regardless, I feel like it was a, it was a good year. Yeah. Going back to what you said, by the way, on preseason predictions, I don't remember if I said this on air, but I definitely have said it off air that I thought the Seahawks were going to be the, literally the worst <laughs> team in the league this year. So they did a lot better than I thought. Out. Respect to making, yeah, or recording off air takes mm-hmm. that were wildly wrong. Yeah. Respect <laughs> your credibility. Say, is. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like I also said that the Seahawks would be bad this year. Um, but I feel like, anyway. yeah, that was a wide that was, spread. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was not a, not a unique this year. take. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, okay, moving on to a team with higher expectations coming into the season, the Chargers. Uh, Wyatt, what do you give them for the year? I'm going to give them a B minus. Um, <clears throat> to be honest, it probably should be lower. Uh, so maybe I'm going to go with a C plus. I'm changing my answer. Convinced myself. <laughs> The Chargers have been going 10 and 7, 9 and 8, you know, kind of falling in that like the, the middle line of mediocre team to like really good team um, for years. They've been doing it outside of that 5 and 11 year a couple years ago, but they did it with Phillip Rivers. Um, they kind of just have teetered that line of mediocrity for a while. They lost to the Chiefs twice this year. They only won nine games and they squeaked into the playoffs. So it's not like they really accomplished a major feat at all. Um, I'm also not impressed with the coaching staff at all. I'm not a huge fan of Brandon Staley. As a defensive guy, they are 21st in points per game. So they, they give up a lot of points and they're 20th in yards per game. 
Um, they're also offensively thir- the 30th best rushing attack in the league with the 27th most rushing attempts and the 30th rushing average. So this team just like doesn't really feel very good. They traded for Khalil Mack. They traded for JC or they got JC Jackson. Jackson. They extended Mike Williams, and none of those guys were really like that huge of a factor, especially in that playoff game. Khalil Mack did well, but mm-hmm. you know it's just like this team clearly has talent. Um, they have a Bosa brother, so it's kind of t- tough to believe that they would be anything but competing for the division title. And I mean they they're average at best. Bart, what are you going to say to that? You started with a B minus, and that's what I had them at, actually. So I, I think taking it down a notch to You a convinced C+. me. I'm, I'm back to B minus. <laughs> there we go. That's, that's all I have to say. Um, no, yeah. I for, they're just frustrating because I think, like, in a vacuum, making the wild card round and going 10 and 7 is better than a B minus. But you just have to knock them down because the expectations were so enormous this offseason. I mean, I looked up some like off-season rankings, everybody had them as an A after those moves that, that Wyatt mentioned, and their draft was mm-hmm. good too. And I looked at preseason rankings, basically everyone that I looked at had them in the top eight or better. Mm-hmm. That would suggest that you can at least win one playoff game, not to mention do better than 10 and 7. Um, so it just feels to me like like they just really underperformed this year. I know they had really bad injury luck, but that's another thing when I was talking about how like this happens over and over again. I feel like they have bad injury luck. Over and over again. And so that's another frustrating thing. There were some positives because Herbert had a really good year again. Uh, Austin Eckler had a really good season at running back too. Um, but ultimately, I think there might be a blessing in disguise here if Staley gets fired and they fi- find a new coach who can maximize their talent a little bit more. But they're not going to fire him. They, they fired fire, yeah, the OC, yeah. which they is like the OC a, he's today, the scapegoat. Yeah. Oh, this I didn't even thing. see that. Well, yeah, like well this if Staley the just got a coordinator, OC. can get more out of the talent. As if the head coach doesn't hire the guy. You know, I just like. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, uh, yeah, I didn't even see that. That's unfortunate. Well, I'm not. It's not. You know what? I'm I'm with you. Wyatt C plus. <laughs> <laughs> After hearing, if they had fired him, it would be B minus. Yeah. You guys want to go with people's heads? My goodness. Yeah. They'll be okay. Yeah, that twenty-seven point collapse, which yeah, I'll, I'll I'll yeah, exactly. They they got so much money that the yeah, big on their Cliff contracts. Kingsbury being a fired head coach is the best job in the world. I agree. You see, Cliff is heading He's, to. Thailand, Thailand. Right? For, he a, you know, bought a, a one-way bit. ticket to Thailand. Yeah. Exactly. Sean Payton has been living. He's not doing fucking that fire. Great. But, like yeah. Sean Payton's not a coach anymore. He's, he's living it up. Yeah. Okay, moving on to a team that I don't think will be firing its head coach. Though there was discussion of this if they didn't make the playoffs. The Dolphins, wow. Lucas. What's their grade? Yeah. So Bart mentioned you can't look at things in a vacuum, and I think I agree. And for that reason, I'm gonna. And I'll flush this out more later. But I'm going to give the Dolphins a C-plus this season. I think Mm. it is always instructive to look at the previous season as a point of comparison here. Growth is important. Uh, They have the exact same records as they did last year, even though I think expectations were significantly higher this year because of the addition of Tyreek Hill especially. So having the exact same record, 9-8, and not great. They made the playoffs this year. They didn't last year. But, again, that's just more of a fluke of luck and how the chips fell around them than any sort of market improvement on their point. That being said, their roster to get better, though. Tua made a big leap this year. Mm-hmm. Terry Kill and Jalen Waddle were maybe the most dynamic wide receiver duo in the NFL, and all that led to a top-10 offense, at least when you're measuring by yards per game this year. That being said, the defense was pretty middling. They lost their first-round game, albeit a close one to the Bills. And then, I don't know. I think all of that, performance-wise, maybe adds up to a B or B-minus. 
But I think you have to look at like a lot of the off the field stuff too, and I think that knocks it down. I mean, you talk about firing Flores last year, or move that looks like kind of a wash at this point in the same record as last year. Um, and just the handling of that whole situation was terrible. They handled the Tua situation terribly as well um, with his concussions and stuff like that. So I think if you like include all the off season stuff in, it takes what's like a BB minus level season performance and knocks it down to like a C plus. Okay. I, Jared, your response. That's pretty good. I'm going to say slightly lower. I said C. Um, yes, Tua's concussions ultimately derailed their season, but like you said, finished with the same record as last year. And I think because Kyle Shanahan is able to do what he's doing with Brock Purdy and winning 11 games in a row, that's going to hurt the grading curve. I'm sorry. Uh, it's going to hurt the rest of the class. And I think that <laughs> kind of hurts what Mike McDaniel is able to do. Like I, Skylar Thompson was drafted ahead of uh, uh, Brock Purdy uh, for what it's worth. So... And even if you look at, for example, Wyatt, what Brian Dayball everybody was. What's that, Mark? I, I just said everybody was. Yeah, exactly. Really, no, exactly. If they were drafted, they would have to have been drafted. Yeah, exactly. If they were drafted. Before Brock Purdy, <laughs> because he was the literally the last one. Seventh-rounder. Um, and they had, like, Teddy Bridgewater. who's Isn't he a former first-round pick? I don't remember when he was drafted. but Yeah, anyway. Yep. And here's the grading curve. Even what Brian Dayball was able to do with Daniel Jones, which isn't, like, the same as Skylar Thompson, but... Um, what he was able to do with Daniel Jones, that's also going to hurt the grading curve for me. Um, and even after their week 13 loss to San Francisco, when they had a healthy Tua, they still went on a four-game losing streak. And you could you could call it a three-game losing streak if you wanted to throw out the Green Bay game where he, he got his second concussion probably at halftime or a little bit before halftime. But even then, like the season just doesn't stop after three games. It was an A after three games, but they kind of collapsed, <laughs> honestly, in the second half. Even even when Tua was healthy, so I think that that puts it out of C for me. Yep, I feel like that's harsh. Mm. I didn't sign up for no. it, so I feel like it's harsh. But Skylar Thompson might be one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen play. Okay, <laughs> well he just put up like freaking thirty-one against the uh, the Bills. So, what does that say about the Bills? Yeah, that's nothing. To he see makes that. me mad watching him play. He makes me mad. <laughs> Also, fun fact, Jared, um, Teddy Bridgewater was in the first round, but the 32nd pick, which I did not realize. I thought he was high. First round was irrelevant. Yeah. I thought he was to the Vikes, right? Yeah. 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 That's why I know that. But speaking of the Vikes on topic, Mm -hmm. uh, the Vikings, Wyatt, what grade are you giving them? C minus. Come on. Yeah. Wow. Look, I'm not. Oh, I am not happy. In the slightest bit with the Minnesota Vikings. A C minus is really harsh for a team that turned their win total around from eight and nine to thirteen and four. Uh, but we can't measure them in a vacuum. I think a couple of people have said that before. Um they had a pretty more they had a lot more manageable of a schedule than last year. They went from fourteenth easiest schedule to the twenty fifth or excuse me, the fourteenth hardest schedule to the twenty fifth hardest schedule. So it's pretty easy so far this year. Um and I don't think I'm gonna say anything that shocks you about the Vikings. Going into the season, we knew and they knew that their offense was going to be great. And uh, we knew that their defense was going to be awful, absolutely awful coming into this year. They used four of their first five picks on defenders. None of them really made an impact. Brian Osamoa did make an impact, but um, we heard a lot about it from me at the time when they traded back 20 picks with the Detroit Lions just so they could draft a safety. 
Kyle Hamilton went after uh, pick 12. Jordan Davis went after pick 12. A lot of really good players. Jermaine Johnson went after pick 12. I know he hasn't been great this year. Um, and then like, and then Lewis Seen, who I know that it's maybe unfair, he snapped his leg in week four. He's not an impact player for them right now. Um, color it whether he's not on the field or not. He doesn't exactly have the highest grade on PFF anyway. Um, Andrew Booth, who went who went underneath the needle in November, who they traded up in the second round, like, yeah, let's get a corner. He allowed 13 catches on a possible 15 targets, which is fantastic. Overall PFF grade of 45.3. They didn't do anything for me that seemed impactful. Their scheme was really bad where they got Zaire Smith dropping back into coverage at some points. Um, Patrick Peterson is a bright spot for them, but I thought that they managed this offseason awfully. Credit for, for going for TJ Hawkinson, but like what they what we knew was going to be their strength was their strength, um, and then what we knew to be their defense didn't exactly prove us wrong. Okay, Lucas? That's, it's incredibly harsh. <laughs> I had like BB minus at this point. Like you said, White, they turned it around 8-9 to 13-4 to four in division title. They went 11-0 in one-score games, which at some point is not luck. That is, at some point, just an ability to win and turn it on in the fourth quarter and all that. Yes, they played an easier schedule. Yes, the defense was bad. Despite the defense being bad, they still went 13-4 and and won the NFC North. They overachieved this year based on their roster. It was a good coaching job. I think that's worthy of a B or B-. Yeah, they overachieved. Did anybody not think they were going to win the division this year? Mm, Isn't this exactly yeah, plenty of people the did, Packers? Yeah. A lot of people what? were the Packers. <laughs> Everybody thought the Packers. I think I, I saw a yeah. lot of people pick. You're just making that. No, up. absolutely. You cannot <laughs> yada 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 <laughs> off the fact that Aaron Rodgers had had has been the worst of his career so far. That yeah, but we didn't know that he was coming off the Chicago, the Chicago Bears pick <laughs> number one over, are picking number year. one overall right now. The Detroit Lions had, were like one in six at some point during the season. I mean, you can't yada 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 that off and act like the Vikings. Like, wow, they overachieved. I think they're exactly like, where they're supposed to be. Everybody knew they were going to be good. Everybody knew they were going to be good. They had pushed. They had pushed. Look at any preseason prediction. It was. It definitely had them not winning the division. I'll, hold on. I I've, keep going. I have an, like a Sports Illustrated preview of the NFL season on my bookshelf <laughs> right now. I'll go and get it and read it off after we do the next. Yeah. I will say too, Lucas. We'll circle back. Um, yeah. <laughs> like an eleven and zero. I know. I th- I do still think Kyle Shanahan or Nick Sirianni should be coach of the year this year. But um, being eleven and zero in one score games is pro- is likely coaching. I would say. So that's, I think that's a pretty good coaching job. Yeah. That's what I think. If you're losing a lot of close games, that's that's also coaching. So I think it's a good same with Dave Wyatt. He did a good job yeah. too, and he was good in close games. That's mm-hmm. true. Bart, out of curiosity, as the resident Vikes fan, do you have a grade for them? I'm not, I'm not much a... more in line with what okay. Lucas said. Okay. Yeah. I so mean, you're, yeah. You're not yeah, in the C minus camp. Yeah. Why <laughs> basically? Why you graded their off season, not their season? Like that's third. Their off season I agree was an underwhelming. But given as, how as the same way it did with the Chargers, where the, the Chargers were the opposite, where like let's just go out and get all these pieces, not impactful. At least like the, the I but thought the Vikings made the Vikings made awful moves. Yeah, and the and Steelers and the Steelers were, were undefeated again, after twelve games at one point, and we all knew they were bad. They had a negative three point differential going into the playoffs. And despite they, that, they, they and they lost. What do you mean despite that? They lost thirteen and four. They were thirteen and four, and one of the division. And they're in Cancun today. 
<laughs> yeah, that's why it's not an A. I mean, no question about it. That's disappointing, but that's the NFL, baby. I'm reading this article right now. NFC prediction: Vikings number one, okay, this is one in the person. NFC at twelve and five. That's one person. And one one person. person. We get Sports yeah, Illustrated. The name Sports. Go on. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, Lucas grabs his Sports Illustrated. <laughs> We're gonna move on to the Ravens. Uh, I'm up first with the grade. Uh, I'm giving them a C. I'm just, I'm sick of the Ravens, to be honest. (laughs) They've now had Lamar Jackson for four years and have one playoff win to show for it. You know, obviously, like with the Chargers, it's not entirely their fault. They have a lot of injuries, both to Lamar and to the team at large. And it always seems to doom them. But they're just not interesting for me at this point to follow. It's just always the same story. They have a good defense. They love the third fewest points per game this year. Their offense is solid, but it just lacks firepower. They were 19th in points per game. Lamar was good, but he's still, like, not near what he was during his sophomore season. And they just don't have any great playmakers besides him. J.K. Dobbins is good, um, as he said during his, you know, post-game press conference where he was mad about not getting the ball at the goal line. Uh, Mark Andrews is good, but they had no receivers over 500 yards receiving on the year. That's, like, that's been a problem year after year is lacking receivers. And, you know, maybe part of it's Lamar not being the greatest, like, thrower ever, but still. Um, and, you know, you combine that with the uncertainty that is surrounding their future, given that Lamar hasn't been given a long-term contract. Um, and we've seen how bad they are without him, though obviously he's injury-prone. And, you know, given his style of play, it seems his best days might be behind him. Um, it just seems like they're they're not heading in a great on a great trajectory um and the season was just meh even even if they went 10 and 7 Wyatt what do you think um I'm gonna go with a B I'm just gonna go a little bit higher than what you had I actually do think this is a team that overachieved but I agree with everything else that you said that this they're super boring um it's Mm -hmm. so hard to care for this team at all it's like I mean especially if Lamar Jackson is not playing it's like eh whatever but after three games, Lamar Jackson looked like the MVP of the season. Um, he was fantastic. They're de- I think they overachieved with the fact that Lamar Jackson did go out. Uh, they're kind of running with two guys who couldn't really make it in the Pac-12 and all of a sudden now are possibly beating the Bengals in a, a playoff game. So I think there is a little bit of a chance there that they did do well. Uh, they traded for um, Roquan Smith, and, and he's panned out really well for them as, as well. So. Um, I don't think that it was absolutely awful. This, there, the cloud of Lamar Jackson's extension still carries uh, a lot of weight, and it's going to carry some weight into this offseason as well. So, if they, did, if not getting a deal done earlier this year means that he never plays for them again, this goes way down from a B into like a C, like a C minus D plus area where it's like they didn't do exactly what they're supposed to do, and part of the reason maybe because. They didn't pay for uh, Lamar Jackson to maybe take a couple chances. Yeah, yeah. My grade, why I was assuming that he's going to go to the Jets, you know, in the future. So. Lamar Jackson, <laughs> that, that by was the implicit way, complete hot <laughs> take. Lamar Jackson is a future Carolina Panther. I'm going to call it right here, right now. <laughs> Book it. Um, but, okay. Um, what does it say? What does it say, our... Lucas? Yeah, exactly. He's Lucas going to win double-digit games. <laughs> It said seven and ten third place Minnesota. Oh, what? That's just as credible as the article I read. <laughs> From, is it written in, in a sharpie? Some... Did you just write that in there? 
When was this printed? Look at Lucas is showing this to us now, live. And they predicted they would win seven games. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. Who do they have in front? Do they? Oh, they have, they have the, the Lions, Lions at nine and eight in front of the Vikings. That's honestly a pretty good pick for yeah. the Lions. Yeah. They were nine point, and eight. There's some comical ones in here, like the the twelve and five Indianapolis Colts, <laughs> um, <laughs> the Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> what are the Giants? Ten finish? and seven Broncos. They were obviously. Yeah. This is obviously wrong. What did the Giants finish? <laughs> well, yeah, predictions are never good. They, they probably had the, the Buccaneers the winning 13 games. <laughs> they had the they had the Buccaneers winning thing. the NFC Championship. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually watch football. They had the, they say, oh, they had the Giants at 6-11. and 11. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, again, speaking of the Buccaneers, uh, we're going to Bart for the grade on the Buccaneers. Yeah, so as Lucas mentioned, they were predicted very favorably this offseason. I don't know how you can look at the season for the Buccaneers as anything but a massive disappointment. I was going to give them a C plus. However, to me, they are like the Chargers' disappointment, but worse. And because mm-hmm. I changed the Chargers to a C plus, I now have to change this to a C, I think. And I think D. that's fine. Go lower. D. You know what? They <laughs> failed. They failed. F. I'll just say. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, losing, losing Bruce Arians should not have cost them this much. They went, what, 13-4 and four last year. They yeah. fell down to 8-9 and nine this year. I know I mentioned this at some point. First time ever that Tom Brady has had a losing season in his career. It's just yeah. super disappointing. Um, like, both, both sides of the ball actually got worse. So it's not even, like, all on, you know, Tom Brady getting older or whatever. The defense got a lot worse, too. Uh, they didn't have a single meaningful win um, other than the week one win against the Cowboys, which you can argue whether it was meaningful or not anyway because the Cowboys were kind of getting their stuff together. And now, if Brady leaves, it's especially disappointing because this felt like it was their last shot at a Super Bowl run. Now, if he leaves, they are going to fall into like a state of mediocrity that might last for years. So I would say this is a very disappointing season for the Bucks. Uh, yeah, I, Jerry, I would go. What do you have to say about that? I would go even lower. I put D actually uh, for disappointment. Very pretty, pretty disappointing year, especially with how good Tom Brady was last year. And yeah, sure, maybe not having Bruce Arians and his, like, deep ball philosophy is going to hurt you. But Tom Brady actually didn't play, like, terrible. I think probably be- they, like like you said, they kind of failed him a little bit. He threw the same amount of touchdowns as, like, Justin Herbert, for example. Only threw nine picks, which isn't terrible for a quarterback, especially at his age, right? And he still threw through, like, 4,000, 4,600 yards, almost 4,700. Like, they kind of squandered, I think, some of Tom Brady, Brady's greatness, like, I know he wasn't really on the right page with the wide receivers, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, it's disappointing. I, I would give it a D, <laughs> to be honest. First, when you said lower, I thought you were going to go lower than my F. Okay, yeah, so I didn't know what you did. You're at like sixth grade, so I didn't know which one to aim for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, let's say we both went with the D. I think that's fair. Well, you know what gets an A? This podcast. So continue to listen, to download, to follow us on social media at lunchpailguys underscore is the handle on Instagram, on TikTok, and on Twitter. We're there listening to your comments. um, And we'll see you next, uh, or we'll see you later this week for the next episode. Thanks for listening.